0: The Chris Beard era of Ole Miss men's basketball is officially underway. We'll let you know who committed and who might be next, as well as three names you need to pay attention to off the beaten path in the Grove Bowl. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Alright, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday morning. Just a warning, i got to take my mom to the airport today, so the last, the next couple of days' videos, it could be a little bit clunky. By the end of the week, we should start to get back to normal as well, but just to let you know that things are going on. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Hit subscribe there. All right, Brandon Murray has committed to Ole Miss. The transfer that is from Georgetown by way of LSU um, has transferred to Ole Miss, and he is a big, major, big-time piece of Ole Miss's basketball program. This is a text I received from Tim Thomas talking um, about his excitement about this, and it said, finally, the first piece of going to the NCAA tournament. This is what former players are talking about right now. But Tim Thomas is very excited about the addition of Brandon Murray. Now, if you look at, um, it was broken by uh, like On3Sports and Tipton Era, um, Tipton Edits. Um, but here you go. Here's the tweet. It basically just says that he is committed to Ole Miss. It does go a little bit further than that, though, and talks about how I chose Ole Miss because of the mission and the plan that Coach Beard and the staff have, Murray said. I've never met a group of coaches with chips on their shoulder. I didn't feel like I was getting recruited. It was more of a staff opening up and inviting me to the family. That is pretty interesting when you think about it. I've never seen a staff with a chip on my shoulder, and whenever you talk about what went down recently, you can see exactly why that happened. I expect Chris Beard to be. Pretty pretty on point with his motivation to win and to win quickly. Now, we're going to talk to you in the next segment about somebody else that is rumored to be interested in Ole Miss basketball and is perhaps visiting um, as soon as a couple of days. If you um, take it from the Ole Miss spirit, I think they, they're reporting that or something like that. But right now, let's look at the Ole Miss basketball team and exactly what they have. What do they have available to them? And you add on, like, Matthew Morrell. I fully expect Matthew Morrell to be back. I expect him to test the NCAA, NBA draft waters, but I expect him to come back. Jamin Breakfield, he's he was one of the recruiters shown in the recruiting picture with Brandon Murray. So, obviously, he is back. TJ Caldwell is back. Amari Abram could end up at LSU. He could end up at a place like um, Ole Miss coming back. So we'll see exactly what happens. But the fact of the matter, if you look at it, is the amount of talent being accumulated on this roster, you can already see it's going to be at a place that we haven't seen in a while. Maybe since the Provine posse roamed the court. But you can see the direction this team is building. Brandon Murray is a big, wing type piece. He just is. He's averaged double figures both places he's been. He's been more of a volume shooter than a really good shooter, but super athletic. Picture maybe a more athletic Miles Burns, perhaps, and Miles Burns was a freak athlete. Um, so there's a dunk online of Brandon Murray just completely throwing it down on somebody in a very, very disrespectful way, and you can just see his athletic ability. He's a guy that was recruited to um, LSU by Will Wade. After Will Wade left go, he transferred out to Georgetown. After Georgetown struggled and the coach gets let go, um, John Thompson III gets let go, he's transferring again. And that is interesting. Aaron Estrada, who I talked to you about yesterday, it looks like it's coming out that Cincinnati is his number one choice right now, but he has not committed. So Ole Miss is still in the game on that one. The kid... That was originally from St. Peter's, went to Oregon, and then over to Hoster. So it's another another player that has moved around a little bit. But you can see the direction this basketball team is building. With Jamin Brakefield, with Matthew Morell, Brandon Murray, T.J. Caldwell. I mean, that's a different four out of the starting five right there. I mean, that's different than it was last year. A year in the system for T.J. Caldwell, I do think he is going to be a good point guard at Ole Miss. I just genuinely do. I don't think he'll be the only point guard, and I'll tell you about that in the second segment of this show. But I do think he'll be a good point guard. I think Matthew Morrell. I think he will have a better year next year. I think Jamin Breakfield, who really came on at the end of last season, is due for an absolute breakthrough. Um, before he goes on. Ole Miss still is probably looking for a center, and a center in this Chris Beard system may be a 6'9 player. Just be wary of that. Um, It's not not necessarily going to be a super tall player, but it could be. But 6'9 seems to be like, there's a very consistent 6'9 height, like 6'5 to 6'9 on the floor for Chris Beard. But... Might be something that Jamin Brakefield plays down there. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see. I want to put eyes on it for the first time. Real similar to honestly to the Grow Ball Saturday, but I, I'm excited about what could happen for this basketball team. And now that the floodgates have lifted and we've been waiting for this first one to pop up for quite some time, now we can actually just sit back, look at it, wait for it, and kind of enjoy what is about to happen. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. But Brandon Murray has committed to Ole Miss basketball. Aaron Estrada has put Cincinnati as his number one school right now, but he hasn't committed. And then you have um, another player that we're going to talk about in the second segment before we get into three players in the Grove Bowl that you probably should pay attention to outside the beating path. And we're not going to talk about Jackson Dart. We're not going to talk about Michael Trigg. We're going to talk about players like Monty Montgomery, John Saunders, Chris Marshall. Those might be the three that we are going to talk about as well. Should be a lot of fun, honestly. But stick around for that. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. That's because right now, news customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. I realized that in Mississippi, you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino. But if you're going to Memphis, if you're going to New Orleans, if you're going to Baton Rouge, Shreveport, Delta, Louisiana, Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, they can hook you up. So check them out um, on FanDuel and get your no-sweat first bet. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. I just go to FanDuel.com, and you can, too, to sign up. Now, the Tigers right now, they're 2-7. and seven. They took two out of three from the Astros, and they got swept by the Red Sox and the Rays. So... The same game parlay with the Tigers. I don't know which direction I'm going to go. I Me, mean, I knew which what I was getting into when I picked the Tigers. I understood what this season meant. This was a sixty-something win team last year. I knew they weren't good. But when it comes to betting and doing a same game parlay and things like that, there's probably avenues that even I can take and win. Like you know, like a Riley Green two hits and. Six runs scored, something like that, and just bake them back together, and we'll have a same-game parlay. But as FanDuel, it's an official sponsor of Major League Baseball. All right, thanks again for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand-new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. But you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on college basketball, available on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, now there's a player that Ole Miss is recruiting. And they're starting to get some waves made. And you see, like, the I think the on-three RPM machine has, like, 100% Ole Miss. And this was sent to me, again, by my former player network. And... They let me know, hey, Steve, you need to pay attention to this player. So I started looking him up a little bit and seeing exactly what he was. And what he is is, I think, going into his sophomore year. But he's a point guard out of Arizona State named Austin um, Nunez. Austin Nunez um, is hearing from Ole Miss, Notre Dame, and Maryland. It looks like he's going to visit Ole Miss. If he's not on campus now, he'll be on campus soon and Notre Dame, so it's kind of a two-horse bait. I haven't heard much about Maryland at the moment. I mean, this is a pretty fantastic prospect. He's a true point guard who at Arizona State averaged somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes a game as a true freshman. Had a season high of 15 points. He shot, let's see, was it 37%, 38% from three? When his three-point shot was working, that's when his high-point games popped up. He had, I think, 19 assists on the year, playing as a primarily second-team point guard in the Pac-12. Against Arizona, um, a team that we'll pay attention to, he had two points one game. And I'm just looking, did they play twice? Um, Doesn't look like they did. Arizona, or UCLA, he had 10 points. In 13 minutes, so he actually, a little bit of a microwave. Both of those games, I believe, were losses. Um, he got injured, it looks like, after February 18th, so he'll be um, he either coming off of the injury or whatever's coming on um, when he gets to Ole Miss. But a good prospect, he is out of Texas, Garden Ridge, Texas, 6'2", 170 pounds, he averaged 4.5 points, 1.1 rebounds, one assist and his field goal percentage was at 41 and a half percent. Average minutes 16 and a half, field goals 41, three point field goals 38. His free throw percentage was around 81. That's an indicator of a good shooter to me. Um, but we'll see exactly what happens. I thought this is a good player and this is somebody that will legit help TJ Caldwell. Um Roam the Ole Miss perimeter as a point guard, and then you have Brandon Murray on one side, Matthew Morell on the other. You have Jamin Breakfield as a as a stretch four or four potentially. You basically have almost a really good starting five, and we are just a couple of weeks into this thing. There's a good way that Chris Beard can turn this around. Now, reminder for everybody: I think season tickets you can be bought right now, and I think renewals are going to happen sometime around August. But this basketball team has a chance to be pretty good. You can see how they are, and you can hear what they say, just the chip on their shoulder, the staff. Whenever they recruited Brandon Murray, who committed to Ole Miss, there was, he, he, there was a tangible chip on the shoulder of the coaching staff, and I think that's important um, for the direction of Ole Miss basketball moving forward. Right? It's one of those things where I have no problem with Ole Miss basketball wearing the black hat. I have Just like I have no problem – with Ole Miss football wearing the black hat, if you need to be the villain, if you need to be the team, person, place, or thing that they just look down on, look back on, however they want to do it, you can see I have no problem with that happening. If they need to do that, if that's the motivation they need, let them do it. Now, we'll also pay attention because with Wes Flanagan coming on board, there will be people on the lookout for Alan Flanagan. Um you know, see exactly what he does and maybe some coattails with players that West Flanagan recruited to Auburn. So Ole Miss's basketball team may be about to take a pretty pretty significant jump, honestly. A pretty significant jump. And, you know, we have our ears to the grindstone with their former player network, um, and we're pretty excited about that. And he, he lets me know of people that, you know, we should watch out for, we should keep our eye on. And that is interesting to see. But he is really fired up about this Brandon Murray um, connection and recruitment. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up to see. I'm, just to hear from him doing that makes me very fired up. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to give you three players that you need to pay attention to that may be off the beaten path in the Grove Ball. We're not going to talk about Jackson Dart. We're not going to talk about Michael Trug, Caden Priestcorn. Those players that we've talked about so much over the past couple of weeks – we're going to let you know other players that people need to look out for. Anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, comment, upvote. All of that stuff would be fantastic. Also, You can subscribe to our subtext community, and whenever we get little nuggets of information, we'll put it on there. We also have the shows, all of that stuff. It gives you a direct beeline to us. If you want to communicate and participate in the show, you want to have conversations with the show, feel free to drop us a line. That subtext community provides an avenue for that. Anyway, the Grove Bowl is Saturday in Vault hemingway Stadium. I am personally looking forward to it. Yesterday, I kind of told you the goals of what we are looking for Kind of a simple thing. We want to see Jackson Dart have a good game. Not necessarily statistically. It needs to be optically. It needs to be where um, fans walk out of that stadium thinking he's going to be all right. Our our fans cut off the Grove ball and like, he's going to be all right. All of this stuff that we've heard about is there. It's tangible. It's real. The other side of the defense, I just want to see competency in a spring game. After 15 practices and a brand new defense, I want to see it be as cohesive as it possibly could be. No situations where wide receivers are running 30 yards wide open, stuff like that. And through fall camp, they're going to get even more. You know, It's the same stuff, but that's what we talked about yesterday. Part of that happening, though, will be the play of a few players. For instance, Monty Montgomery, the transfer from Louisville, major player. Right now, I think he's running second team um, with Jeremiah Jean-Batiste. And on the first team, you have Ashanti Seastrunk and Card Coleman. But Monty Montgomery, and even if they're running backup, it provides an avenue for something that we need. He's a, he's a really athletic guy. He's not necessarily a jack. He's not big enough for that. But he's almost an old-school true will. If you remember what Rory Johnson was, if you remember those guys playing that position, really rangy linebackers, that is what Monty Montgomery brought to the table. And if you remember when Ole Miss played in Louisville, that Louisville defense was a problem until Monty Montgomery got a targeting penalty. That was, I think, that game that had like five targeting penalties in it or something like that. But this provides an avenue for him to get better, to put a stake down. He has a chance to be really good. He's learning a new defense. This is a different defense than Brian Brown ran at Louisville, so it's going to take him a little while to adjust, just like Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. The linebackers as a whole, you need to pay attention to. You know, I mean, you don't want to count tackles or anything. You just want to see if they're in the right place. If they're making the plays that are, I don't know, that they're supposed to make, if, they, if that becomes pretty routine, they have a chance to be fairly special. I want to see if Kari Coleman, who I talked about last year, I mentioned players that are used to playing with their hand on the ground generally struggle whenever they have to move it back off the ground. And Kari Coleman moving from hand-down defensive end to hand-up linebacker was obviously a transition. I want to see if that transition is gone a little bit further if strides have been made. Another thing is, I want to see if John Saunders, I've heard rumors of him playing back at safety, but is that because the corner position is in good shape? I want to see the defensive backfield. After we had a defense at Ole Miss that was pretty consistently defensive back heavy, Six out of the 11 players were defensive backs. I want to see how they fit. Where Darius Tennyson, box safety. Whenever somebody plays the five, expect him to play the five. That husky role that made Tony, Tony Connor famous. Do that. Maybe he is the guy starting this year over some Terry and Perkins. So we still get to look forward to him, and we get to talk about him for months ahead of time. But I want to see what ahead of him, looks like. I want to see exactly how he adjusts, how he handles pass coverage. Again, when you watch a spring game, and I'm going to say this for the next three days and probably three days after it, do not pay attention to the final score and do not pay attention to the stats. You might have it, something visually, something to talk about, But if you want to see, the spring game is about making players as good as they can be to get ready for fall camp because the start of fall camp is going to determine where that ceiling is and you want that ceiling to be as high as possible. So you need strides to be made in spring practice, period. That is the goal of spring practice. That is everything. That is not something that people can follow from time to time. That's not very media-friendly stuff. It's just not. But it is a massively important step for players moving towards fall camp and towards games and towards if it really counting. Think of it like this. Spring practice is the most like baseball of any football position. During fall camp, everything is team-based. Everything. Everything. You want the defensive unit to be ahead of the offensive unit. You want the offensive unit to be ahead of the defensive unit. You talk about quarterback rooms, wide receiver rooms. You talk about them as a cohesive unit. That's what you're building. When people talk about team building, they generally are talking about football. It's just what it is. It's one of the most collective um, base sports in America. Well, spring practice, it's more like baseball. And by baseball, yes, I do realize that it's a team sport. And I do realize there's non-players on the field, but at times it's individual battles. And it's about what you do individually. How can you do individually to help the collective? And that's what spring practice is like. If a wide receiver and a cornerback are going one-on-one all the time, you want them to compete, you want them to win, and it's about those individual acc- accolades more than a collective unit. Like I said, spring game, we don't care about scores. We don't care about statistics. We care about, honestly, the eye test. We want to see people compete. We want to see people play well. We want to see a lack of procedural penalties. You want to see um, lack of bust. Just down pat, you want to make sure that players are doing what they're supposed to do. That is all spring practice is. And if it was meaningless, as some have said, they wouldn't do it. Because they would not risk a player getting hurt over something like this. It has to be beneficial for the team. Or they would not do it. I mean, you have players sitting out of bowl games now because it doesn't directly help them in the NFL draft. If this was a situation where it did not help the player and the team, they would not do it. So... We'll see. The two players that I've mentioned so far that I'm watching is Monty Montgomery and John Saunders. Offensively, you know, I am going to look at Brandon Buckhalter, the wide receiver that throughout spring practice, who like we're eight practices in at this point, we're going to have a spring game and then three practices after, but that's beside the point. Brandon Buckhalter has kind of become a go-to target for Walker Howard. Yes, I realize that is not a one combination at the moment, but I want to see it. Because, in a way, this reminds me of something interesting. That's something that nobody is really going to talk about. But, with Walker Howard and Brandon Buckhalter and these big plays that are being made, it kind of reminds me, just kind of make me feel, of Chris Collins and Eli Manning, who... I've told you before, we did a video about how it was just like when Eli was coming up with Romero Miller, but the relationship that Brandon Buckhalter and Walker Howard are having is very reminiscent of that, and it's very interesting to see exactly how it will go. I'm pretty fired up about that as a whole um, and see exactly how it will go. But those are the three players that are kind of off the beaten path that I'm interested in paying attention to in this Grove Bowl. I think Monty Montgomery has a chance to be a difference maker on this defense. I think if he is good, he's a starter, um, and he has a chance to be a, I don't know, a a game wrecker at linebacker, somebody that just makes plays, somebody that just pops up everywhere. I think our backup linebackers of him and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste have a chance to be a pretty nifty combination. Yes, I said nifty. John Saunders, I just want to see if that transition to free safety is coming well or if he is truly a true corner. I think it was Zamari Walton. People talk about him. He's playing corner and playing well. The other side's going to be DeAndre Prince. I think it's just an opportunity to get all three on the field at the same time. I don't think there's anything nefarious going on. Brandon Buckhalter, it's, just, it's almost time for him to you know, to um, fish a cut bait. And he is making plays with Walker Howard. We'll see what happens. I want to see him flash in the grow ball. So those are the three players that necessarily have my attention, honestly. Should be a lot of fun. Anyway, do want to say thank you very much for tuning in and watching the show. We will see you tomorrow. And thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. It has big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very much for watching the show. We'll be back tomorrow. It's going to start to normalize a little bit. Pratt will be a little bit late. Derek will be a little bit late. The usuals will be a little bit later because my mom, is in town and I'm visiting with her. So just be patient, bear with me with that. But Brandon Murray commits, huge commitment. And we have our um, site set on Austin Nunez as a potential next one. So we'll see exactly what's up. Anyway, till tomorrow, see you then.